Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Tonight we have a uh, very special guest, one of our favorite guests. I, I've, I say that about guests sometimes, but this is this is genuinely one of our yeah. favorite guests. Uh, yes. Anthony Pedersen, Twitter's Octopus Caveman. How are you doing this evening? I'm great, man. Happy to be here. Good. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Brent? How are you doing down there? Well, I'm fantastic. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. We haven't done this in a while. I know. Yeah, because we took nice. the last, uh, I think the last one we, we recorded was like, what, like almost a month ago, right? Because we took all that. I got COVID. I got COVID during one. You did? Yeah. But like shit. <laughs> You're all healed <laughs> back from that now, though? Oh, yeah. 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 It's right. weird because like I'm married and we have two kids and she got COVID like, th- like three, four days later. And so we had this like weird transition of power where our kids were feral for like almost two days. Right. <laughs> but, but instead of a peaceful transition of power, your kids like stormed your bedroom and tried to like crash yeah. in and like. And we to... don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> you fucking put them in their place. <laughs> they were like, mom actually won the election. We know. <laughs> you guys, I think I'm immune to COVID. Our... Yeah. So, like, a couple of weeks ago, I'm working on music with my buddy Justin, and uh, we're, like, sharing joints and shit. And the next day, he's like, hey, dude, bad news. I got COVID. Oh, I'm no. like, well, shit, I'm for sure going to get it, right? Yeah. So I, put out, I got a test, and I tested negative. The next day, I took another test, still negative. Weird. The day after, still negative. I'm like, how? I haven't yeah. had the boosters. I had two shots. That's it. And then I just kind of fell behind on them. Right. So... Like I didn't, I didn't take some kind of stance and go like, no, no. Like I just didn't get around to it because I'm lazy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't understand how I didn't get it. It makes no sense to me. Like you know, we were like you know a couple feet away working on music together, right. splitting joints, nothing. I'm that's immune. Weird. That's a, have you have you had COVID at all yet? No, no, me neither. I'm I I'm one of the few people I know who has not had COVID. See, I, I am double waxed and double vaxxed, baby, and I still got it twice. Corey, I think we've totally had COVID. Like, maybe, I totally think we must have. That could be. Yeah. We were just maybe, like, asymptomatic. You know, you and I probably, yeah. like, gave it to a bunch of old grannies the worst. Like, a bunch of old ladies I passed in the grocery store are probably dead, and I have <laughs> no idea. Like, I don't right. know. Right. 
Yeah. I think it, I think it's the smoking, and now that I'm trying to quit smoking, I think I'm I'm doomed. You see, early on there were reports, weren't there? Do you remember those reports that said yeah, like, oh, the cigarettes kill it in your lungs and all that? Like, okay. I forgot about that. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think it's totally weird. bogus, though. <laughs> Probably, there's all sorts of bogus shit going on in that back. Yeah. I say shit. Maybe I need to pick up smoking. I don't know. There was that one uh, report that, like, I was totally freaked out before COVID got here, like, looking at all these numbers, and then I saw one, and it was, like, 75% of smokers over the age of 80 survived, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I think I think I'm going to be okay if I get it. <laughs> yeah, when I got it, I was so, I was scared, because I remember feeling sick, and then I was like, but wait, how sick am I going to feel in, like, six hours? Right, but yeah. It just, it, it stayed. It felt. I felt like shit. By the way, I'm not downplaying it, but like yeah. it wasn't as bad as like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. See, I had pneumonia for about a month and a half, like a really Ooh. brutal bout of pneumonia a couple of months ago, and yeah. I took COVID tests. You know, when I started to feel sick, and they were all negative. But now I'm beginning to think maybe I had a real brutal bout with COVID. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I even took like the, the doctor's tests, and they were like, you know. Anyway, I think everybody's tired of talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, they better they better fucking gear up because it's it's not going away. It's not going anywhere anytime soon, baby. So yeah, I think it's easy. To, it's hard to get COVID in the real world. What about in a drippy, dark, disgusting prison? <laughs> and everybody in prison has had COVID. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you you get it. You walk into prison nowadays. They actually just shoot you up full of COVID. Not the vaccine. Yeah. They just shoot you full of live COVID. It's just yeah. uh, Dude, my buddy works in the jails, and yeah, I mean, it, it ran rampant through there real quick. But now he says it's kind of died down in the jail. I don't know. No. Well, good. Yeah. I love that they gave them, like, they had to give them the orange masks. Like, all the inmates had orange cloth yeah. masks. <laughs> <laughs> like, their jumpsuits? That's yeah. amazing. Oh, my, my favorite is the, uh, the paper suit. If you ever get arrested naked, they give you a paper suit to wear. <laughs> Who's that country music guy? Randy Travis. Randy <laughs> Travis got a DUI naked in his car, and he got arrested. And when he got out of jail, he's just in his paper suit. Oh. He had a hat. So he was driving in his car naked, drunk, in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. So wait, is it like a suit suit, like with a tie and a jacket and everything? No, no. It's like a paper. It's like a paper <laughs> jumpsuit. I thought, thought it would be funny if they like wanted to send you home with some dignity, but they, they don't want to spend any money on it. So it's like an actual, it's like a business suit, but it's made out of paper. <laughs> I got out of a... I got out of jail uh, once with this guy who was in there for a fight with his roommate and uh, they give you your clothes back and you have to put them all on and stuff. And like the worst thing is like they put them all in a bag. So like you take off all your clothes, put them in a bag with your shoes. So like all your clothes just smell like feet. Everybody just stinks. But this guy's putting on his clothes and since he was in a fight, his shirt was torn and it was like an 80s like half tee because it had torn across the thing. He looked like a wrestler and I couldn't stop laughing at him. (laughs) And I knew the guy would kick my ass if he got mad at me. So it was like real tough for me. I was just like, dude, I'm sorry, but you're a wrestler. <laughs> you're like, look, Are I'm there sorry. people in prison still, like from like the 80s or 90s? Like, do they get their, what they were arrived in prison in outfit on? Like, is it like, are some people getting it back and it's like a totally different style of clothing? Yeah, I don't know. Or it might not even fit, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And they get yeah. the paper suit, you know? 
They pursued it. Get the old Randy Travis. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to have to give you a paper zoot suit. That's all we've got, you know. In prison, like, I think it depends where you are, but I think they still give you, like, a suit and a bus ticket, right? I have that no sounds idea. old-timey. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It does sound old-timey, yeah. Suit and a bus ticket. Yeah, like the the old Brooks, Brooks from Shawshank. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so for everyone listening, we're tonight we're going to be talking about the Shawshank Redemption, nineteen ninety four's Shawshank Redemption, which I don't know, maybe isn't quite a horror movie, but it's based off of a novella written by Stephen King, so that's that's close enough, right? Yeah. But uh, and when we talk with Anthony, it's usually a pretty unconventional. Right. <laughs> we have to totally drop, fine. drop a reference for what our next one is going to be because that's been like our <laughs> yeah. tradition well, at this point. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and this is fun because it's it's got Tim Robbins in it, and I think he did this like fresh off Jacob's Ladder, right? In fact, I think I read that Jacob's Ladder kind of helped him get this role. I think. Hmm. This is uh, this is amazing because I think this is a, a damn near perfect movie and it's a directorial debut. Yeah. Could you imagine this is your first movie ever? Like, yeah, this is insane. Yeah. Well, and and Frank Darabont, uh, I, this guy is awesome. He directed. He's done a bunch of like his biggest movies have all been Stephen King adaptations. Like, yeah, he, The he, Mist is so good. Yeah, he did this, The Green Mile, which I still don't think I've seen actually, which I should have seen that. And then The Mist is You've one. You've never of, seen The Green Mile? I don't think I have, no. You've read the novellas, though, right? Uh, a long, long time ago, yeah. Okay. Um, I think Green Mile is okay. I think it's pretty good. Like, it's worth yeah. watching, but yeah, it's no shock. He, um, he, I, I listened to an interview with, with the director this uh, this morning. This is in, in a... Um, pr- Shawshank is in Ohio, and he okay. found... And he had that this prison or one in Tennessee. He used the one in Tennessee that he found during this movie... For the Green Mile, he said. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's what he like had a lot of pre-production production work already done. He was like, ah, I'll just transfer yeah. that to my next prison movie. <laughs> Step ahead of the game. <laughs> he, yeah, he said that that, that that Shawshank had been closed for maybe three years when they huh. took it over for the movie, and that it was like horrendous. Like he said that when it whenever it was working, it must have just been a shit show. That last couple months or year that it was open. I believe See, this, this is what we should do next time. We should do another prison movie. Let's do like, <laughs> like blood in, blood out, or like American Me. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Blood in, Blood Out. I watch um, Blood in, Blood Out all the time. It's so good. Yeah, that's a good movie. Give me some chun chun now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of another prison movie I've seen, but I, I don't know. I grew up watching Oz on HBO. Oh. Because that, like, right when I was a kid, that was like, I don't know how many show seasons that show ran for, like six or seven seasons. So I feel like the whole time I was a kid at home, Oz was on, you know, and it was like HBO, real gritty. Like every episode, somebody's getting raped and shanked, and like it was like, yeah. you know, dudes walking around with their dogs, sla- their dongs slapping the camera, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> was that in the show? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, slapping in the camera, dong slapping the camera. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe not. And the boom mic. And the boom mic. And the boom mic. Yeah, yeah. There's something about like like the nudity in Orange Is the New Black, like 
like that's my favorite kind of nudity just that like incidental nudity like oh i just happened to be changing or whatever right because it just kind of it's realer than like i don't know like the you know 80s like saxophone sex scene kind of nudity <laughs> sex yeah. <laughs> yeah like the lethal weapon candlelight like and it's pretty hard to get a romantic scene in a ladies prison i bet i also like that orange is the new black like they'll just have like like regular people in the showers you know like right i, I appreciate that like the, those aren't bodies you normally see on tv <laughs> naked so it's like hey cool like there's a real lady <laughs> <laughs> like game of thrones style right they like started making the tv show and then they ran out of material because the guy never finished the books so they they just like they had to go off the rails and they were like well we're just making a tv show now you know oh did he never finish the books or has he, it yet i i i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm pretty sure that he was working on one when that show started he was working on the next one he's still working on the next one <laughs> like <laughs> okay yeah. Orange is the New Black was like a bummer show for me because I started watching it with my wife and then got a divorce and then finished watching it alone. So like I have a lot of weird feelings about that show. It was like, you know, bittersweet yeah. watching that show play out. Like, you know, started in a house with my kid and my wife and then finished watching it on my phone in my shed. It's like <laughs> oh, man, you're so <laughs> Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting how like your you're you're surrounded like the 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 because obviously if you watch something in the theater with a bunch of people like that's a different experience than yeah. watching something at home you know but yeah. even i don't know that just brings to mind like the marvel cinematic universe because i i start in 2008 when that first came out with iron man i was like oh shit this is cool this is something new and cool and then they did the incredible hulk with edward norton and then they did uh you know, that first Captain America movie and the first Thor movie and then the Avengers in 2012. And you're like, oh, shit, this is really something cool, you know. And it used to be that in t 2008, my first daughter was two. And it, then we didn't I didn't have my second child by then. So that would be like a date thing. Like my wife and I would go on dates. We would get pretty much the only time we would have like family come over and watch grace, watch our kid was so my wife and I could go like watch the new Marvel movie. Right. And there was only like one, maybe two of those a year. And now it's like transitioned to where it's gone from, from more of a, like me and my wife thing to like, we watch it as a family, but it's really more me and my children. Like we really, we've over the last few years, like we've really gotten into Marvel and some of the, far like stuff that's further out there my wife is just like she's just not interested like werewolf by night or the things that are more science fictiony or more like she's like i don't know it's it's a little too much for me so it's become more of a like a thing for me and my children but even with that my oldest is 16 now and she's always like she's busy playing volleyball and hanging out with her boyfriend and like doing stuff so it's like so she's she's even transitioning out of like okay, this was fun for a while, but like I have other interests in my life now and I don't have time. So it's like, 
I don't know. It's just I don't know. Funny how shit changes depending on the who you're with and the environment you're in. You know. I think it's interesting. Like my my kid is just like pick pick and choose when it comes to Marvel stuff. Like I was all in like you from the beginning. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I don't I don't need to see Black Panther too. I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I I'm gonna see it. We could see it together. <laughs> right. <laughs> He just kind of picks and chooses which characters he likes, and those are the the movies he wants to see. Yeah, it's weird to see the stuff that they're into. Like, you know, I I like most movies, so I genuinely just enjoy going to the movies, especially with my kid. But it's just you know, like I think his favorite movie of last year was Beast, which is so badass. That movie okay. kicks ass. I haven't seen that. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, it's like Jaws with a lion. Nice. Oh, is that with uh, Idris Elba? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. It's fun. I mean, you know, okay. I don't know how how the critics it's, were. It's Drive with the Lion. Yeah, but for like a, a nine year old sense. boy and his dad, perfect movie. <laughs> I mean, a dude fights a lion. Like, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, awesome. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm on board. <laughs> but I don't. We, understand. Saw, we went and saw the new Puss in Boots movie. How was that? That thing's, gotten, that thing's gotten great reviews. I've heard great things yeah. about that movie. How my was... daughter was just like, how can they get away with sin? Because there's a character in there who, like, they bleep him, like, a lot. Okay. <laughs> he says bad words, and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good adult humor stuff in there, too. Did you guys do Avatar 2? I haven't seen it yet, no. I want to. I did. Yeah. I'm I'm so bummed because I love James Cameron and I feel like it's a bummer he's gonna spend the rest of his career pranking out like my least favorite movies of his. Like they're fine. I yeah. like them. They're okay, but I'd rather he do cool original movies, not just world building. Yeah. So wait, can I clarify something with you, Anthony? Yeah. I, I believe that that story probably sucks. But was it like a pretty good piece of eye candy to watch on a big screen like that? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it looks good. And like, you know, the story's not bad. I had a hard time like figuring out who the characters are because they do this like time jump. They're like 10 years in the future. And now there's all these other characters. Yeah. So, see, I don't like it when they when they do stuff like that. Like, I remember what's the movie 300? Yeah. I really like the movie 300. But then when the sequel came out, I was like, oh, this is 300, but now on water. Right. Yeah. And it was dumb. I thought it was kind of dumb. That's yeah. how I kind of feel about it. And like, it's good. Okay. The weirdest thing was like all of the promotional tweets. You, it was clear that James Cameron gave people a script of exactly what to say, because all of the tweets that came out were uh, uh, "Don't bet against James Cameron." Right. Everybody said, "Don't bet against James Cameron." Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. There was like forty tweets from all these people. You know, just yeah. and, and you know James Cameron was like, "You tell those motherfuckers to say, don't bet against James Cameron." <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. It's, and he, he's kind of gotten himself in a weird position because I like I I would have loved to see like what kind of weird shit would James Cameron have done after, you know, whatever after Terminator and after Aliens and then The Abyss. And then yeah, and then he kind of with Titanic, it was like the biggest movie ever. And then he did Avatar and then it was like the biggest, biggest movie, even bigger than the biggest movie. And then he just he spent the next, you know, whatever, 20 years hanging out at the bottom of the ocean, just, like, floating around in personal, sub, like, submarines. I thought that was cool. He did a bunch of, like, documentaries yeah. and which, which stuff. Was, I thought, like, totally cool. cool stuff. Yeah, I would totally cool. that than just crank out avatars. Like, I just, I don't think it's that 
fun of a universe. Yeah. No, and I, I yeah, and that's totally cool too, but the fact that he comes back with Avatar and I feel like he he almost feels like he I don't know, it almost feels like he doesn't want to do anything less than Titanic and Avatar. Like if James Cameron is going to direct another movie, it has to be the biggest movie ever made the most successful movie that anyone has ever done and like i i'm more interested in like what else what else does james cameron actually want to do you know like right exactly i don't know but that's that's we're we're officially old guys like we're we're taking the scorsese approach when it comes to that like (laughs) cameron's probably just like i want to make enough money that my children's children don't need to work anymore (laughs) right the universe and there'll be avatar video games and tv shows and everything for years to come yeah yeah he wants his franchise his harry potter or whatever yeah which which i totally get that and i you know but i and i thought avatar was a fine movie but i almost wonder how it did as much money as it did was it just the fact that titanic was such a huge hit because i I watched avatar in the theater it's actually a running joke in my family because we got tickets at the last minute and the only seats available were in the very front row so it's been ever since then it's been a running joke with my wife like we have to get tickets somewhat in advance because in Avatar, we got him at the last minute, and I couldn't see anything in the movie. I just, I was just like getting teabagged by blue alien balls the whole movie, like looking, you know, right in your, right in your camera, right, right in my your... camera. <laughs> I left like halfway through the first one because I had a heart condition at the time. Oh, Jesus. okay. And I started to have like a bad time, and I had to go to the ER. <laughs> oh fuck. So I don't I don't know if I ever really finished the first one, but I don't think it really mattered to me. And it, so that, just like Orange is the New Black, right? Yeah. Avatar Part Two has this like weird thing that's just in your stomach <laughs> or your heart. Yeah. <laughs> is is that where your heart tattoo comes from? The, no, no, uh, I was I was just super into that like you know Mexican art as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I started doing like you know like the Dio de los Muertos art, you know the skeletons with the hearts uh, and stuff. Yeah. So I just kind of turned myself into a caricature of my own art (laughs) nice (laughs) well uh, about this movie i want to so i mean there's so much to talk about 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 the uh shawshank redemption i guess i'll ask uh anthony what what's your experience with shawshank redemption and and what you know what made you want to other than our previous conversation what made you want to dive into this movie for this conversation i I think it's a perfect movie i think you know this is probably top three favorite movies for me Mm-hmm. I don't remember why we ended up choosing this. I think just because I was like, Andy did it. I had watched it right before one of my last appearances. And I was like, I think Andy totally did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys want to know the poop math? The yes. poop, poop math? So I did some math, right? Okay. So that prison just dumps its sewage. I think. Uh, uh, they say Andy crawled 500 yards. 500 so yards, just yes. Dump their sewage 500 yards away, right? Yeah. So the, the prison where they filmed Shawshank holds 750 men. Okay. The average man produces 135 gallons of urine a year. Okay. That's 101,250 gallons of urine pouring out of that, that pipe into that field a year. It's a lot of urine. That's also... The average man poops about 320 pounds a year. So that's 120 tons of poop every year pouring out of that prison. That's the weight of a large blue whale. Every year, 
pouring into that field. Yeah. So Andy's locked up for 19 years. Uh, by the time he got out of prison, he wouldn't have just swam into a field. He would have been swimming into an ocean of urine filled with 19 blue whales of poop floating in it. <laughs> Oh man! And what if? What? How terrible would it have been if he if he like started digging that tunnel, and then like fifteen years into it, they did away with that. They were like, you know, we're gonna build a septic tank. We're gonna like update the <laughs> update. Yeah, it's out in like the late seventies, right? So yeah. are you saying, Corey, that he's swimming to eventually just go into this gigantic like fourteen semi truck trailer size? bins of yes. shit in the yeah ground. yeah instead they of like hire like, james cameron to be like can you make shit whales yeah he dies yeah he just like swims it's, into a giant septic tank yeah it's like when you die in grand theft auto like the camera just like pans out and above you <laughs> like a drone yeah, yeah he's the maybe. worst swim back you know he gets there and he's in this big septic <laughs> tank and can't get back so he has to swim 500 yards back and then the next shot is him at like breakfast, sitting down with this tray, just covered. <laughs> like, what the hell were you doing? He's like, no, how fortunate! How fortunate is it that he got out when it was raining? Because had it not been raining, yeah, would have been rough. It would have been disgusting. Yeah. I wonder what his contingency plan was. Yeah. Well, you know, it might have been. I don't know if he thought about emerging into the rain to clean himself. But when he was breaking into that pipe with the rock, he was timing it with the thunder. So it seems right. it seems like a thunderstorm was part of his plan. And maybe I don't know, he's such a forward thinker. It might have been yep. also after I climb through five hundred yards of shit filled tunnel, I'm also gonna need a bath. So Yeah, the bag tied to his foot. Yeah. Yeah, to to encase so he just smelled like feet, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh I mean it's really uh I get totally thrown off there. It looks, it's just it, it looks it's like... hilarious to, to, to whether or not he's innocent of killing his wife, we have to accept that he did other crimes after he got out of that jail. He uh-huh. had to get money, yeah, he probably had to steal a vehicle. He definitely committed more crimes to yeah. get to the, the coast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he, he even says at one point, he says, I had to come to prison to be a crook. Right. When he was cooking the books for warden. Uh, what's the warden's name? Norton. Norton. Warden Norton. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's got the check, right? He's got or access to the accounts. Yeah. He, so he, it's he, only he, just, I just assumed that the next morning he walked into that bank collected a bunch of money which this whole plan it was just basically that crime he did that and then straight up to say yeah i guess he's buying he's buying things with that money too you know like yeah. the car the which i mean is a crime yeah oh yeah he's still gotten gains i mean he is a criminal andy Dufresne is a criminal oh yeah oh by the end for sure but man how satisfying is it when like he just gets beaten down repeatedly by the warden and captain uh, Hadley or whatever his name is, and then at the end he like sh- you know gets away and shows them all up and you know. But I I think that I think that one of the biggest pieces of evidence that Andy is guilty is the fact that the narrator is Morgan Freeman. The narrator is Red. Uh huh. And what we see before Red starts narrating is the crime. Right. 
So, I mean, it opens with the crime. You yeah. see him drunk, loading the gun, all of that stuff. They found the shell casings. I think it's, it, to me, it's very clear that Andy did it. Yeah. And then the I remember this is why we chose this movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember you mentioning this. The story that Red tells us is yeah. the story that Andy told him. Yeah. You know, I was I was totally on board with this, and I went into this movie expecting to think that Andy did it, and and then you get that scene in the beginning where he's loading the gun and he's drunk, and you're like, oh yeah, obviously Andy did this. Like, what a coincidence that somebody else would have shown up and and done this thing. Um, but then there is the scene like later when Tommy shows up, like that young, cool rock and roll kid, and he's like, I talked to this other guy. And he said that he did this thing and you took the fall for it. And then the warden has that kid killed, has Tommy killed. That put a little bit of doubt in my mind. Like, oh, maybe Andy didn't do this, you know, because right. the fact that Tommy shows up, he has an alibi for Andy, which that may in and of itself may or may not be bullshit. But the fact that the warden kills him for that is that's what I, like the whole movie i was like yeah andy totally did it but then when the warden has tommy killed for telling that story i'm like oh shit maybe maybe andy didn't do it you know See, but he, he had him killed i mean whether or not tommy's story was factual the warden was just trying to keep andy there cooking the books for him yeah so i mean i think that there's a couple of situations where either either the story was bullshit yeah. from Tommy it was Tommy making it up or right that's Andy making it up and telling red oh yeah that guy that guy totally you know so e either of those points it, it's just too much of a coincidence to me that he's drunk loading a gun goes in to confront <laughs> his wife and then leaves and somebody else comes along and shoots her yeah that's with true. a similar gun that's true that's an insane coincidence to me I can't yeah. look past that now we sound like TikTok sleuths <laughs> like well, no you know what and then Red would be very easily convinced of this, I think, because wasn't that Red's crime like exact, like literally? That's what he did. Didn't he kill his wife's lover? Wasn't that his thing? Remember, I don't. It doesn't say that in the movie. I got the impression that he murdered somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He murdered somebody. He murdered somebody. I don't know that it goes into detail in the movie, and I don't think I've read the short story, so I don't know. Okay. Maybe though, maybe I don't know, but you're right. I like, and that's sometimes like something I like very recently in the last few years. I've realized that, uh, I haven't always had a critical eye on an unreliable narrator, right? Like, if right. I'm re if I'm reading a story, uh, it's only been within the past few years where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there's such a there, there is a literary device that is an unreliable narrator, and you can't take everything the narrator says for granted or as, as the gospel truth, you like, sometimes it's fun to have an unreliable narrator where, where the information you're given, you have to dig into it a little deeper. You know, I read a, an article before we did this to see, like, you know, it's not my theory. Other people have had this theory. And I read mm -hmm. an article where this person said, one of the things that points to, uh, Andy being guilty is that, uh, you know, Andy's love of chess, playing the long game, playing these people. And then Red says at some point that chess is just a fucking mystery to him. He's a straightforward guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, they were saying that that further is further evidence that Red is being manipulated by Andy and just buying into this story. 
Yeah. I mean, Red is kind of the only good guy. Red Brooks, you know, like yeah. some of those guys. Yeah. Brooks is really the saddest to me. Yeah, and well, and it's funny how this movie takes a little. It's it's almost like a short story, and in, in and of itself, how Brooks like gets out and he gets this job at the grocery store, and he just has such a hard time adjusting to life on the outside that the only escape, you know, the only the only alternative he sees is to hang himself. Is I mean that would almost be, I don't know if beautiful is the word, but like. That's kind of a short film in and of itself. Is just that whole. Yeah, he could have just robbed a store to go back to jail. Even yeah, if he got like a five-year sentence. That would yeah. probably be enough for him to live out his last days in a place where he's comfortable. Yeah, you know, he didn't yeah. have to take it to the extreme. It's weird that he even carved. You know, he carved Brooks was here, which is something that like a young person would do. Yeah, you know, like he's he's grown up. Like that's all he fucking know. Like he's he was stunted from like whenever he got put in there. Like maybe his maybe he was like nineteen or twenty or something like that. You, you know? also gotta love the the beauty of him releasing that bird too before he leaves. Yeah, that Jake. bird is just like him. Yeah. I always liked that movie, um, the naked. I think there's it's in the Naked Gun movie where he goes to prison and there's the Brooks character. And yeah. He's got a squirrel called Fuzzy Nuts. Oh, wait, where's that? Well, half baked? That's half baked, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, the squirrel master. <laughs> Fuzzy Nuts. Because yeah. he, he kills the horse buttercup. <laughs> yeah, that's buttercup, yeah. Uh, oh, man. But no, that's, I, I mean, Brooks is really like. I don't know. I, I think this movie does a lot as far as like whatever the purpose of this movie might be is like, I think investigating how, what the prison system does to people and dehumanizing people and makes them, you know, like Morgan Freeman says, institutionalizes them and makes them dependent on the walls around them. And like, is our goal to actually rehabilitate people or is it to dehumanize yeah. people and, and, uh, you know, and and the movie even gets into it when the uh, the the warden has his inside out program, and is using the inmates for labor, which is essentially slavery. Which is, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me, but we can look up the numbers. Like a lot of manufacturing, a lot of the work that's done in the U.S. today is essentially slave labor done by prisoners. Um, you know, and I I think this movie is an interesting look at. The I don't know, dude. I mean, being being on the inside, mm-hmm. you're so happy when you get one of those jobs because it's <laughs> something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I got put in the kitchen, which was, you know, all right. But it's something to do. Even cleaning and shit is like, cool. I get to get out and go do something. Mm-hmm. So I can understand like how like, you have more space than your cell for a while. I mean, yeah, a little bit. You, you might even see the outdoors, you know. Like you get to go by places where there's actual windows and stuff. Like it's it's cool when you have those jobs. So I do think those work programs are like kind of good for the prisoners to give them something to do, give them skills, give them hope, give them just yeah. just to keep busy. Because you know the the whole idle hands deal. If you have something to do, anything to do, it's something. It's yeah. just otherwise well, it's just a whole lot of sitting around and nothing. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but the fact that they're they're paid 
either nothing or next to nothing. Yeah, you get like five cents an hour or something. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's essentially like whatever good or ill or whatever it is for the prisoner. It's essentially slave labor. It yeah, is I mean, I was labor. just in jail, jail, so we got paid zero. We got right. paid nothing. Yeah, it was yeah. just go to work. <laughs> so, but or but make, I think like and, and get I think out you, of it. I think you see this in other countries. Like, if the concern really was for rehabilitation i think the more you treat people like human beings the more they're going to be accustomed to being a human being when they come out on the other side and they rejoin society and the fact that you know the united states has the largest prison population in the world and i don't what are we population wise fifth six seven i don't know we don't have the biggest population but like the united states locks up a lot of people and I, and and a lot of that is on like nonviolent drug crimes and shit just to get people into prison. I and and you have to wonder is is that just to get workers into this uh, slave like existence? You know. I wanted to look it up. Three uh, percent of the population has been to jail or prison at one time. Mm-hmm. The U.S. represents only 5% of the world's population. A quarter of all the world's prisoners are American. Yeah. And 3% of the population has been to prison at one time. Yeah. So a quarter of all of the world's prisoners. Yeah. Th- like it seems like we're doing something wrong when we're a, quote, free country. Like That's what I'm saying. Like, the United States puts a lot of people in prison. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we also, like, do a lot of drugs and drink a lot. That's... Yeah. That's really the the problem. All of our problems, like, really boil down to substance abuse and mental illness. Right. Like, the homeless problem, you can't just give those people a house. They'll ruin it. I mean, they have substance abuse problems and mental illness. All right. But, you know, I think, you know, as I, I, as System of a Down said in their song. (laughs) To quote the great System of a Down. To to quote the great System of a Down. While research on successful drug drug policy shows that research should be increased uh, while uh, law enforcement decreased while abolishing mandatory minimum sentences, whatever it is, if you spend that money on helping people rather than incarcerating them and forcing them into slave labor, you, you know, you might have a better outcome, you know, everybody's lining up for drugs in jail and it's a shitty place to get sober. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) If I were in drugs, if I were in jail, yeah, I'd want to do all the drugs, yeah. Yeah. Especially American jail. I don't know, man. I feel like it'd be a bad place to be high. <laughs> like you would feel you would feel anxious and paranoid? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I when I was in I mean, I was in like general population, but I got out with a guy who was in with the violent offenders. So you're in a two-man cell and you only get out of that cell to eat lunch. And this guy said he's in there with this other guy that had just come in and the guy had a bunch of meth up his ass. And he was like, I don't know if you've ever sat in a room with a guy and just done meth. So anyway, this guy was doing meth just with this other dude for his like entire jail stay just (laughs) in this little cell together. And he was like, I don't know if you've ever done meth with a guy just trapped in a room together, but stuff gets weird fast, man. It's this new brand. We call it Andy Dufresne. (laughs) I mean, I remember this traveled where he went, man. Like, uh, like I had, I, I got into, uh, dropped into maximum security and they, it was fucked up. Like to relates to, 
I, I didn't get as bad a treatment as Andy Dufresne, but mm-hmm. I got a DUI years ago and I had an interlock thing in my car and I had to do these DUI classes. And part of the DUI classes, I had to go to a hundred AA meetings. And in my head, I thought, well, this sucks that I got this DUI. My DUI was for my prescription anxiety medication, by the way, not alcohol. Right. So I felt like I was screwed over, but I was like, I have drunk drove so much in my life. I'm going to just like take this seriously and just really do this. And the AA meetings, like, you know, you do like, uh, you know, like Caltrans work where you pick up trash on the freeway or whatever. Right. Guys used to pass around their cards and just fake the signatures. But I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to go to all the meetings. So I went to all 100 meetings, took it to my class, and they were like, okay, great. And they moved me on to what's called phase two. And then they called me one day and they were like, yeah, um, our bad. We actually miscounted the AA meetings you did. You only did 99. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll go to one tonight. And they were like, unfortunately, no, we have to violate you from the program. So they violated me from the program, which means I lost my license for a period of five days until I could pay the $300 and be back in the program. So during those five days, if I wasn't going to not go to work, so I went to work and I got pulled over and I got a ticket for driving on a suspended license. So I go to court for the suspended license thing. And there's a bunch of like dudes getting suspended license tickets and they're all just getting, you know, like fines. I get up there. And because my driving on a suspended license was related to a DUI, I got 30 days and the guy sent me to maximum security instead of sending me to county. And so I called the jail and they were like, oh, why don't you just do the work release program? And I was like, oh, well, that sounds cool. I'll do that. And they go, yeah, I mean, you'll just come in on your surrender date and then you'll just, you know, you go pick up trash at the park on the weekends. I was like, sounds cool. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. So I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to go sign up for the work release. I'll be back in a couple hours. And I go down to the jail and I'm like, I'm here to sign up for the work release. And they're like, oh, yeah, just follow that line of guys right there. So I was like, cool, thanks. Followed the line of guys. The door slammed behind me and they go, Pedersen, you're staying. I'm like, no, no, I'm just here for the work release. They're like, open your mouth and they spray COVID in your face. They just went, we don't even have a work release program. And they thought it was the funniest thing in the world that they just fucked me over. So heading into a maximum security jail when you thought you were going to be home that night fucking sucks. Like, yeah, dude, that's wild. That's insane. What's weird is that they treated you like they like fucking like knew you like you were some repeat like jail person. Yeah, we got the Peterson. Yeah, we pranked him hard and they all thought it was hilarious and shit. And, you know, like my whole uh, my whole attitude is like to make jokes to get through any tough situation. So like at one point you've got to like strip naked and they've got to examine your tattoos and stuff for gang affiliations. And like, you know, they, I have a BM on my back shoulder for my band bearded Mary. And they're like, what's the BM stand for? And I was like, Bette Midler, sir, because she's the wind beneath my wings. And I remember there's this dude that had like the full, this like Asian guy that had the full on like Yakuza bodysuit, like tattooed from his neck down, like his whole body. Right. And one of the cops was there like holding a clipboard. And he's like, I don't know what to put. And like the guy in charge was like, just put down, he's got a shitload of tattoos. And he's like, okay. But I remember like one cop asking me where I got like my quilted flannel. He was like, that looks like a nice flannel. Where'd you get that? It was just such an odd conversation to be like, oh, I got it at Target. It was you know $25 and he's like oh that's a pretty good deal like Whoa. you just fucked me over and now you're gonna ask me about my flannel it was it was right. just weird man but yeah mm-hmm. I mean 
you know, I've, I've met some cool cops in my life, but I, I didn't meet one cool, like, guard in jail. They were They're probably a different crowd. No. You know, they, well, they used to blast music in our barracks at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning to wake everybody up. And then they would just laugh over the intercom like they thought it was so funny that they woke us all up. Right. No, and that's the thing. Like the whole like, yeah, the, I, I just feel like the whole system, especially in the United States, is so dehumanizing. And even if even if a guard or because, you know, I've got uh, family members, distant family members, family members in law who are in law enforcement or, or in guard or whatever. And like they're good people who got into it for the good for good reasons. But. You know, when you're part of a system that, I don't know, systematically dehumanizes people as, like, that's just how the job goes. Like, you can't, that's, like, the, I, I kind of take issue with the optics, with the, the marketing of ACAB with all cops are bastards, right? Because, yeah. like, you're, I don't know, you're not going to get people on your, whatever, However, and people never know what that means. Yeah, people don't know yeah, what that means. It's the worst acronym. Right. It's, it's, a it's, like, it's like one letter away from like the cheat, the blood code to Mortal Kombat yeah. on Sega <laughs> Right. It's like, a B A B. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite Genesis song. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, on one hand, yes. But on the other hand, it's like, yes, when you are part of a system, no matter how good your intentions may have been, when you became a part of that system, you're still part of a system that dehumanizes and like ruins people. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the joy that they get out of it. I mean, it's just like Stanford prison experiment shit. Like yeah. people in power just abuse that power. But I was there for like three days and I went in, I had a big full beard and uh three days in i had no money on my books because i had no cash on me i thought i was just signing up for something and heading home and right. no i'm a debit card guy but so i had zero money on me and they bounced me a few days in to a uh work barracks and in the work barracks you are not allowed to have facial hair so i'm like well what do i do i don't have money on my books i don't i wouldn't have even had time to get a razor and they were like, well, you have 20 minutes to get rid of your beard somehow, or we're going to violate you and add additional time to your sentence. That's and I was like, why am I even in the work barracks? Like, I had a hernia at the time. Like, I can't work. I've got a hernia. And they were like, well, I mean, you either work or we'll violate you and add time to your sentence. So I had to really quick run around and just ask these strangers if anybody could let me borrow a razor and then just dry shaved my face really quickly. And then I left them. You could have a mustache. So I left the mustache and then everybody in jail called me porn stash. <laughs> that's wild. But yeah, see, that's like fucking bullshit, pedantic, like pointless rules. Like, what's the point right. of that? What's the point? It's, it's just for their own joy and benefit. Right. Like, it's fun for them to fuck with me. Exactly. I was like, like, would you just look at what I did? Like, I didn't do anything that gnarly. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm clearly like a regular dude. Right. How much more time would they have put on you? I don't know. Probably 30 days. How much does it cost to put you in a jail for like a day? I know. You know like 30 more days. Like lunch, man. It's, it, it's, it's expensive. Bananas. It's expensive to keep prisoners in jail. I, I definitely did not fit in in yeah. there. There was like there was dudes like me, though. There was like a, a, a teacher who had a, a third DUI and he was like a normal guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then there was just dudes who were just a ton of dudes that are strung out on drugs and then dudes that are way too into the gang life shit and the weird politics. Yeah. I mean, I do feel good that like, I didn't, I didn't throw in with like the like racists in there with the Aryan brotherhood or <laughs> dude. I mean, I, I almost, when I first went in, I had, uh, I had a, a bunk mate that was an old white guy and all he did was sleep, but he was like friendly to me. And then they moved me to that work barracks and uh, towards the end of my time, there was a white guy meeting. And they were like, look, there's a lot of white faces and a lot of new That's faces. such a white person thing to do. Yeah. But they're like, we just want to make sure that some of these new faces that you all are ready to, uh, you know, fight for your race. And I could have just been like, yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. Whatever. But I didn't because I'm stupid. So I was like, you guys seem cool and all, but I've got like five days left. Like I'm not doing anything. Extend my time. And then on the day I got released, that like head white guy came up to me. And apparently the old white guy from my previous barracks, he had gone to him and was like, look, this guy, he needs his ass beat because he's not going to fight for his race. And the old guy was like, he's in here for driving on a suspended license. Like, <laughs> just let him stay out of our bullshit, you know? Right. So right. he had to tell me, he had to like, be like, yeah, I was going to beat your ass, but you got lucky, you know? I was like, oh, cool, thanks. You're like, thanks, thanks, old Nazi. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's just weird to me. Now they're not separating uh, the younger kids by race. Mm-hmm. Because the younger kids don't really have the same kind of hangups, you know, like they're just less racist and they don't want the old guys to like, yeah, ruin them and get them into their weird jail politics. Right. So they're, they're creating prison gangs by a uh, hobby, right? So there's like the macrame gang. There's like the puzzle gang. There's like no the, gang. the remote- younger kids. It's probably by like their favorite anime. There's like the one piece gang. And the, like, <laughs> Pokemon gang. Right. The old school, like the old millennial, like Dragon Ball Z gang. Like. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And they've taken they've taken their paper suits and like drawn Pokemon cards <laughs> and they're playing they're playing on the on the in the in the yard. I mean it is intense. Like you do see all of the like crazy stereotypes, even in just like a, a maximum security jail. And like you get offered like Pruno immediately. Like, I didn't realize how easy it is to make Pruno. What's Pruno? What's that? Pruno's jail. Don't talk about that. It's jail wine. So, like, you, oh. you use bread for the yeast and then all the fruit from the lunches. So nobody ate their fruit at lunch. The fruit all got donated to the Pruno fund. Okay. Yeah. Whether or not you were drinking it. I was terrified to drink it because I, like, I don't know. I don't want to go blind or some shit from drinking some jail wine. How, how risky is it to make it? Uh, I mean, if you get, if they find it in your bunk, you'd get violated for having contraband, but mm-hmm. that didn't stop anybody. Like I'd watch people get tattoos. Like that's another thing. Like you're just getting poisoned, injected into your vein. Like it's like a, a checkers or a chess piece for the ink. Like It's crazy. <laughs> oh, damn. The plastic you mean? Yeah. They oh use all God. kinds of crazy shit for the ink or they like, like burn stuff and use the bunks and scrape the soot off to make the ink and all kinds of crazy stuff. Like there's weird jailhouse geniuses. You figure this shit out and then it's just like passed down through generations. (laughs) It evolves over time and shit. God. I mean, there's some really smart people who end up in jail. Right. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Do people, do you think like people like think of this stuff on the outside and like go buy products that you would, 
you'll be able to get in jail just to like create things for people in jail to do yeah probably i'll bet they do i mean when you're if it's like part of your lifestyle is going there on the regular you probably think some stuff up on the outside you know i mean as we as a human race we discovered what what plants we could eat what plants would kill us like over a certain amount of time you would there's not that many physical material to use in a jail like you would know yeah the, the thing that really bothers me is like those same guards who treated me like shit for driving on a suspended license mm-hmm. are the same guys that are sneaking in cell phones for like gang yeah. guys for a paycheck. And it's like, you are doing something that is objectively worse than what I did. Right. Or, or going home and like beating the shit out of their wives. You know? Right. Yeah. St- statistically speaking, probably beating the shit out of their wives. Yeah. I saw a young kid come in. He had to be maybe 18. He was just like super skinny. He looked like a high school kid. And he came in one night and he was bugging out. Like he was not having a good time. And so he was crying, just sobbing mess. And he threatened suicide. And uh, the uh, the guards came in to drag him out of there. They drug him out while he was sobbing. And they were like, I heard the guy just say, you're about to see the darkest, deepest hole this place has, motherfucker. So if you threaten suicide, he probably spent the night in the five-point restraints. Yeah. Just strapped to a wall like straight up like medieval dungeon style right like that's how we handle somebody having a bad time in like one of the scariest situations imaginable you know yeah that would give you ptsd you would for sure you're there for a short stint you know which you, you never was. you never really sleep in there i mean it's like sleep next to a toilet flushing that's constantly flushing because 200 guys are using it <laughs> or do tweaking out on meth uh-huh. man I, I really I think it would be the worst place to be high. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. on meth. Of all the drugs, meth. I'd be like, sneak some melatonin in. I'll take that. You know? Yes. Maybe B12s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if like, let's see, I mean, you only go out of your yourself for lunch, you said, right? Those are the uh, the violent offenders. For me, I was kind of in an open barracks oh. situation. Yeah. So you can wander around, talk to people, get a tattoo, <laughs> exercise. Yeah. yeah. It's like being in like an open world video game. I mean, at least the people I encountered, most of them were, were pretty friendly. Yeah. There's just, there's just always an element of danger because if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get beat the fuck up or you know. Did you feel like you could make jokes and be funny, or well, yeah, or yeah. I mean, were you worried that like you might read the room incorrectly <laughs> and say something bad? I don't worry bad about that because I'm stupid and it gets me into uh, bad situations all the time. But uh, yeah, so I wasn't worried about it, and I got along fine. I mean, <laughs> it turns out if you're just like a nice, friendly person, you can get by in almost any situation. Yeah, that's you know, even Mexican jail. <laughs> I was like fine they were like nice guys <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just as long as you didn't cross the guards like too harshly yeah and, and i wasn't in with gnarly violent offenders you know the yeah. violent offenders are all in the like the two-man cells and all that you know mm-hmm. yeah well i wanted to ask you about about the movie one thing i wanted to talk about is when i thought it was funny when they're on the roof and they're they're like uh whatever redoing the roof and andy like talks to captain hadley and helps him with his taxes 
before he almost gets thrown off the roof. But, you know, Captain Hadley is complaining about the fact that his brothers died. He's going to inherit all this money and the government is going to take a, a substantial part of it while Captain Hadley works for the government like that. His whole job is created by the government. I just thought that was a pretty funny, uh, I don't know, little microcosm of like a guy whose entire job is dependent on the government complaining about the government fucking him by taking some of the money he would have inherited, you know? It's so exactly like those types of guys, though. Like, that character is so real. He's maybe a little bit extreme, but, you know, again, looking at it through the prism of Red is the narrator, Mm -hmm. maybe those guys weren't as extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like It's kind of like what those guys really are. That, That prison guard in the movie is like their dream. Right. Like, oh, I could just do whatever I wanted. Yeah. You know. And maybe yeah. it is like that at some point, but that guy truly could do whatever he wanted to anybody. The new fish that comes in that he just straight up murders, like with his yeah. baton. How come none of his friends help him fight off the sisters, by the way? I always thought that was messed up. They're just like, Yep, Mandy got raped a lot. You know, like, <laughs> it's, like it's dude, that happens. I right. thought you it's were his insane. friend. They're like they're like a torrential, like a sudden torrential downpour. Yeah. Like suddenly you're just folding towels, and it's then like and you're fighting off the sisters. Yeah, it's just, like it's just always bothered me that scene, right. especially because it's just like so depressing. Like I wish I could say Andy fought the good fight, but I can't. He was raped <laughs> like, yeah. many times, many times over the course of his nineteen years. <laughs> will you, will you, Anthony, do me a favor? You narrate as Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> this, this friggin' guy, he's a, uh, you know, and I wish I could say friggin' Andy fought off the sisters, but, uh, 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 you know, this friggin' guy, uh, uh, he, I mean, he, he got raped, uh, just like the American people got raped, uh, in the, in the 2020 elections. Uh, <laughs> this aggression will not stand. <laughs> that's what that's what we need is a remake of the shawshank redemption with alex alex jones as red yeah he may very well be that soon for real (laughs) i don't you know i i really think like Alex Jones is a huge piece of shit, but I really like. I think he's so funny. <laughs> he's he's a hilarious right. piece right. of shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would be very lovable if it if it wasn't for like some of the shit he said. Like, yeah, telling the Parkland shooting victims to their face that they're crisis actors. That's extreme. Yeah, it's like every shooting. Every shooting is the same. Like I just. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's 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 the thing about conspiracy theorists is like, um, because you know I worked when I was at I worked at a nonprofit for Indiana and we in Indiana and we uncovered some collusion between a large corporation Duke Energy and the the utility regulatory commission, a government body in the state of Indiana, and like there are absolutely conspiracies. There are. <laughs> There's collusion that happens to defraud consumers and the public, whatever. But when you conflate, like when you say like anything that ever happens 
is a conspiracy and everything is a false flag and everything is part of like no at like you lose all credibility when you yeah. when you when you assume that everything is part of some grand master plan you like right I, it's I like know. a cry wolf thing it dilutes it when you do get it right right yeah. exactly alex exactly. jones is just fat dale gribble at this right. point just like <laughs> okay yeah right yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is an interesting precedent, though. Like, like, is he allowed to lie on the news? Like, where do you, where do you draw the line with what you are allowed to say? Yeah. I mean, for like Infowars, where it's yeah, like, are they registered as like an actual? Like, is he considered a journalist? Yeah, like, are you are you allowed to lie? He yeah. might be. He might. He could be backed in a corner and just say, "Oh, it was just it was fiction." Well, I mean, it seems it seems weird to me because he's he's just one of many. There's yeah. a billion like smaller Alex Joneses on YouTube that all have like weirdly sizable followings. Like, I was watching him during the election, and there was a train that broke down, and this one lady was talking about how her pastor said it was strategic. Like, they stopped the train, and it wouldn't allow people to get to the polls to vote, and it was symbolic. They stopped the Trump train. You know, like right. the levels they'll go with their conspiracies yeah. are wild to me, but it goes well, back to that mental illness thing, man. They're just they're just not homeless. Right. There's just so many people that are just they they're twisted in the brain. And, and then Alex crazy. Jones is right about the weirdest stuff. Like remember yeah. they're turning the freaking frogs gay. That turned out to be right. <laughs> there was like a big cover up and it's like whenever he's right about anything it always makes me go like oh no they didn't address it <laughs> right it's not gonna happen now for real yeah then the, then the i love that his, his evidence is always just printed headlines yeah like i've only watched like one info wars but he's got a stack of just printed like articles from google and right. he's just like check it out right here it says right here hillary clinton drinking yeah. a lot of babies right. but he's, it's wild he's he's not even reading off of it no, like he's, it reminds him of the thing he's read. Yeah, right. the dude is too smart. It's, it's, it's a different breed. breed. How smart that dude is. Well, it's bad. Yeah. It's like evil. <laughs> it's like your grandparents who have to like print out their emails, right? Like print print my emails off so I can read them. You know. <laughs> I think I think he went over the line when he he was encouraging people to bully those shooting victims or something. Like I think that's. Yeah. Like, I think you could probably lie, but yeah. if you're encouraging people to harass shooting victims, you definitely are going to get harassed. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That well, justifies that justifies how much money he had to pay out for that then, really. Yeah. 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 He's well, causing harm, harm. Like, he's not just saying shit. He's, like, bringing – he's, like, on the harm. offense. Yeah, yeah, the problem is, like, people like us, we don't watch InfoWars, so I really don't know exactly what he was saying on InfoWars. I just, I just check out, like, a 30-second Reddit clip. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I get the I get the personality and it's funny. Yeah. Well, and I, and I need to read more about uh, the fairness doctrine, which I, I think was abolished in like the 80s or something, which was like By Reagan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which like there that the fairness doctrine provided some kind of legitimacy to journalism. There had to be some aspect of truth. And I don't understand it well enough to say anything about it right here. I need to research yeah. it more. But um but you know, I I feel there was a lawsuit against Tucker Carlson, or, or at some point in the recent past, somebody Tucker Carlson had to go to court, or his lawyers or handlers had to go to court, and they made the case that they were like, no, 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 
Tucker Carlson, this isn't a news program. This is an opinion program. It's an entertainment program. And nobody in their right mind would take this as, you know, any kind of objective journalism. And I, I kind of agree. I mean, he's like, it, it is just full on. Yeah. It's, it's like just an opinion. Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree technically that that's, that's correct. Yes, and, and they argue that in court, so he doesn't have any blowback from what he says. But then you have all these geezers wa- watching Tucker Carlson and taking his opinion as, uh, you know, doctrine as, right. uh, you know, as objective truth, and it's it's a problem, you know. It is. It's, it's like a stupid fucking Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Man, that thing was cool like a long time ago. But man, that guy is way too influential, and his stupid ideas are going into every fucking like everybody that like that listens to that are just like it's horseshit that dude spews out. It's awful that he that he's just too. It's just too big. I'll listen to Rogan like on on occasion, but when he has an interesting guest. And I always think it's funny, like, you'll see the the headlines that are written about the show, and it's like, you know, Rogan says this extreme thing, and then you go listen to the clip, and it's, like, much more reasonable. <laughs> like, I do think people blow what he says way out of context. Oh, like, like, people were saying he was anti-vaccine. He was not anti-vaccine. Like, he was pro-people getting the vaccine, but uh, he just did yeah. it for himself. But uh, he was straight up telling people, like, young people, like, don't do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Saying he was saying like you're gonna be fine, and you know what? Yeah. They probably were gonna be fine. He, the, he, I think maybe a point where he was trying to make things a little more relaxed, but he it was, was, at was a, time a lot more reasonable than how, how people were were spinning some stuff. I think, yeah, which is interesting to me. But I do agree with you, Anthony. That yeah, it's just a more more outrage culture. I mean, you know what? The best unbiased news is just watch your local news. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's really like right. it's the it's the only like unbiased because they want everybody to watch it. Just watch your local news. It's you know for the most part the best unbiased news. Do me a favor. Follow your favorite weather lady on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> those ladies are insane. <laughs> like those ladies are like very like like put together and like very like straightforward and professional. But if you go to their Instagrams, they are just like. It's it's like they're they're Hooters waitresses most of the time. <laughs> I, just, I, I think a lot of like the outrage and and all of this stuff is all just tied from uh, people looking to other people to be their like paragons of morality. Yeah. So you have people that are like, Tell oh, Rogan's the best yeah. or whatever. Like Rogan's just a comedian that has a podcast. I don't, you know, he's not a vaccine expert. I'm not going to take my vaccine advice from him. Yeah. And then like, you know, Alex Jones is just a dude that has a stupid show and shills vitamins. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't. And that's the thing, dude. I think you should be the type of person that like consumes that stuff. But I think the wrong people. Right. So many people celebrities take, that are paragons for them. Yeah. yeah. And so many people like idolize like I honestly like I don't know that I have a hero. Like I don't know that I have a single hero, one person I look up to that's like, that's what I want to be. And I don't I almost think that's harmful. Because you gotta go to church, man. Right. My hero, my Lord and Savior, <laughs> my Jesus, Lord, Christ. Jesus Christ. But like but that's the thing, like anybody, you know, whoever it is, people are like, oh, Jordan Peterson has the truth or Andrew Tate has the truth 
or Donald Trump has the truth or that shit. That's fucking, you know, uh, hero worship. And that shit's harmful. Like I will say, I watched a bunch of uh, Jordan Peterson's lectures about the Bible uh-huh. and I found them really interesting. Like, oh, he clearly knows the Bible and these are fun lectures. Mm-hmm. But then when he starts talking about shit he doesn't know, I'm like, who, why are you talking about the climate? What is your degree in, dude? Right. <laughs> and then, you know, his he never answers a question straight where it's right. like, like, well, okay, well, what's your problem with using uh, trans people's pronouns? Oh, well, hierarchies exist, so therefore be a dick to trans people. It never makes sense. Yeah. But just, just, what the hell, dude? Like, just be cool, man. Like, <laughs> and it just, it never makes sense. It's always some some backwards reason for him being a dick. Yeah. It just, I just don't get it. Like, what's his degree in, dude? Yeah. I just yeah. don't even consume that content. Like I, I, I know that he t- he says stuff like that. I think like, I think he is a bright guy, and I and uh, I just think that he's not honest with himself about his reasons for not wanting to use pronouns. Yeah, his real honest answer is, "Hey, I'm old, and I think it's weird, and I don't get it." Like, yeah. but he doesn't say that. He's got to come up with some big brain, like, "Oh, well, the hierarchy demands that you know men be." <laughs> I love I Why love your, your so Peterson much? impersonation is really good. Yeah, so <laughs> just came up with it right now. I don't know. Yeah, you're Morgan you Freeman, get, you're Alex get, Jones, you're Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta be uh, just out higher pitched and say women. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. You know, and I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Believe me. <laughs> I like that. I like that character. It's just interesting to me when anybody follows all of the party lines right down the middle with their belief system. I'm like, well, you're a problem. Like, no. you're you're a big part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I kind of remember. I think, like, really before news turned into shit like Tucker Carlson. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like now an event happens, and then both parties wait to see what Tucker has to say about it, and Rachel has to say about it, and then they'll form their opinion along their party lines. But it used to be like shit would happen and people would have an opinion about it. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it was along the party lines. Maybe it wasn't. But now you just kind of wait to see what your guy's opinion is. You know? It's yeah. like, oh, well, Matt Walsh says blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, Ben Shapiro says this. So I think that's right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I feel that it is a lot of that. Yeah. It is. I mean, it is refreshing, though. At least Ben Shapiro is like, no, no, no. Let's not be anti-Semites. Like, like I do feel like he's good on that side, camping down that a little bit. Like, no, no, no. Nazis are still bad, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Point Ben. <laughs> I guess that's a pretty low bar, though. When you have to be like, look, I just want to. All my followers seem to be really in the camp with Nazis. I just want to say Nazis are bad. However, we're on board with Nazis most are of bad. Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad. bad, bad people. We're, Nazis we're, are bad. We're not on board with a Jewish genocide. All, most of their other shit we're okay with, but not not a full-on Jewish genocide. You know? Now, the uniforms are nice. I like the uniforms. I do. Nazis are bad. The ideology is very bad. <laughs> Next week, we're talking about 1968's Rosemary's Baby. So, be sure to check that one out. I, I see why everybody uh, hails that one as a masterpiece. And you can also follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, 
on Instagram at headcanonpod, on Twitter at horrormoviepod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horrormoviepod. <laughs> yeah, well, is there anything about this movie? I feel like we could, uh, we, we've only kind of touched the edges, but there's a lot we could talk about this movie. We barely talked about this movie. Barely talked about Shawshank, but which is I've had fine. a great time. Which is totally, fun, totally fine. Uh, anything you guys wanted to bring up before we dive into headcanons? I got nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, I can go first if you like, unless either one of you want to go first. I have a possible two that you can edit. Okay. You, you go first. Brent, you, you start and then you can close. Okay. I thought it'd, it'd be funny if, because like Red is the narrator the whole time. Yeah. And I think that just as he's an unreliable narrator, He's also like, he's also a snitch, man. Like he, he's like telling the whole fucking story to somebody, right? <laughs> and like snitching them out. Like ultimately, that's what's going on. He's, he's like, and Andy crawled through five hundred yards of total shit, and they're like, there he is, get him. And he just like, ends with him just getting shanked. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, Anthony, did you have a, a head cannon? Well, I mean, I feel like the whole Andy did it is like the main headcanon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what if Red just made it all up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just didn't even do time. He's just some <laughs> some dude living in Mexico, just like, yeah, you know, I was once in prison for a murder. Let me tell you about this guy <laughs> who swam through a river of poo-poo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he, like, that- lives in that abandoned boat. <laughs> Also, you know, all of them are terrible friends. Like, I don't understand how you could tell the story to somebody straight-faced and be like, yeah, and then I watched my good friend Andy take it in the keister from the sisters again and be like, you didn't, you see, you just watched it happen? And you didn't, what kind of friend are you, Red? Right. (laughs) There was nothing you could do to stop it? (laughs) Yeah, not a thing. Like, well, you know, I was watching. I was just, (laughs) I like like, I I had my place, my place in the laundry room. Right. But I watch all the time. Was, all the sisters rape all the men. I was, it's I was maybe, maybe fondling myself in my pocket. <laughs> I was folding my own laundry, so to speak. Just like, do it to him harder. <laughs> this, this is terrible. This is terrible. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but no, my head cannon is along those same lines. It's that uh, Andy is innocent because this was all a long con from Red, right? He saw this at the very beginning. Uh, Somehow he was aware of Andy's situation. He hired somebody to murder Andy's wife and the the golf pro. He knew that would get Andy sent to this prison. And eventually it would lead to Andy uh, encouraging Red to get out, giving him seed money to get down to Mexico to Zawatnejo and to, to retire on this idyllic Mexican, uh, you know, this business. And so my, my headcan is, is that this is all a long chess game from red who pretends not to know how to play chess because he, he's playing chess in real life. He's a great, I love the idea of, of it being Norton too. Like find me a tax guy and get him in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so my head canon is that Red was playing everybody from the very beginning and 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 got got uh um yeah you know got Tim Robbins into the situation. 
So yeah, like I heard about this guy Andy Dufresne. He's pretty hot, and I'd like to watch him get railed by the sisters in the laundry room. <laughs> yeah, for one thing, maybe I could also use him for something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 just likes to watch. <laughs> I wish I could say I didn't watch and enjoy myself while Andy failed to fight off the sisters, but I pleasured myself many times watching Andy get ravaged. I, I may my... have smuggled in an old timey camera <laughs> photos and sold them on the black Andy's just like, market. Andy's just like, Red, could you please just, you know, like sneak in some lube? <laughs> Red I've been like to get lube like from time to time. Red <laughs> likes to watch you take it dry. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Brent. What's your what's your final headcanon here? So my final headcanon is that I, I think I'm thinking about Tommy. We have yeah. one minute. And that okay, thank you. And then Tommy Tommy doesn't die, and Tommy actually witnesses and and realizes that that Andy Dufresne escapes, and he wants to do the same thing. So he goes up on top of the on um, he he escapes to the highest rooftop. And he's just not so smart. So he escapes to the highest rooftop and he, he said, okay, five times five is 25. I can do this. Let's go. And he jumps to, and he, and he falls and he crashes to the ground. <laughs> what, um, falls on some bullets? Yes, he falls on bullets. <laughs> what an idiot that time. <laughs> I wasted that minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. Hurry up. We've got to wrap it up. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't want to run out before Zoom runs out. Oh, less, yeah, than, a less than a minute. Shit, uh, Anthony, is there anything you want to plug before we we wrap up here? Nope. No. See you next time when we do Blood In, Blood Out. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, Anthony, I love you. I love you, listeners. Thank you, everyone. This has been Head Cannon. Yeah!